0: How's everybody doing? Good? Good? I love seeing Alberto and Esther. It's been like two months. Oh my goodness, it's incredible. Um, all right, so uh, we're going to talk about hearing the voice of God tonight. Uh, I told you guys last week that we wanted to kind of dig into prayer, uh, and, because that's something that we've been emphasizing and leaning into as a community. And um, John Wimber says that if you want to create a culture in your church, with anything, then you need a theology around it, you need a, a model, and then you need to practice it. So uh, we're gonna start with theology. We're gonna start with the why behind prayer, and we're just gonna dig into that and kind of see if we can find any beautiful things from the scriptures about prayer, about talking to the Lord. Um, but before we even start talking about talking to the Lord, we need to understand what it means to like hear the voice of the Lord, what it means to listen. Uh, so the big idea for tonight is essentially God is a God who speaks. Are you listening? And if you've heard his voice, what are you going to do about that? So I'm going to open up my notes real quick. Um, Lindsay, would you mind praying for us one more time? Is that okay? okay. No, You can just do it from right there. Amen. Thanks, Lenz. All right, so look with me in Acts chapter 13, verse 2, real quick. We're going to look at Acts 13. We were just in 16. I'm just going to w- read one verse. While they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. Now, read that verse again. The Holy Spirit said, "What was that like?" For the Holy Spirit to like say something to you. Or here, uh, just listen to this verse in Acts chapter 20, verses 22 and 23. It says, "And now, behold, I'm going to Jerusalem, constrained by the Spirit." This is Paul talking about his mission to Jerusalem. And he says, Behold, I'm going to Jerusalem, constrained by the Spirit, not knowing what will happen to me there, except that the Holy Spirit testifies to me. What? Testifies to me that in every city, imprisonment and afflictions await me. So again, you've got this moment where Paul seems to be saying, Hey, the Spirit is telling me what awaits me in Jerusalem. He testifies to me. So the Holy Spirit said, the Holy Spirit testifies what was that like? Okay, one more. Uh, Meredith just read this. Acts chapter 16, starting in verse 6. It says, and when they went through the region of Phrygia and Galatia, having been forbidden by the Holy Spirit to speak the word in Asia, and when they had come up to Mysia, they attempted to go down to Bithynia. But the Spirit of Jesus, the Holy Spirit, did not allow them So passing by Mysia, they went down to Troas, and a vision appeared to Paul in the night. A man of Macedonia was standing there, urging him and saying, Come over to Macedonia and help us. And when Paul had seen the vision, immediately we we sought to go on into Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. So from initially reading this passage, it looks like Paul went through a lot of work uh, just to eventually get to the city of Macedonia. He was leading a church planting team from city to city, back and forth. And if you look at it on the map, it's like a zigzag. He's going around. It would have been so much easier if God would have just said immediately, hey, go to Macedonia. Why did Paul have to traverse all around the map only to hear the Lord say, it's time to go to Macedonia? And on top of that, he wasn't alone. He was with a church planting team. And he was leading them to different cities only to tell them, no, 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 not here. Or, I'm sorry, guys, we've got to go somewhere else. We're pivoting. Can you imagine what it must have felt like to be a part of that team? And I hope that, like, this story isn't like that as much. But if the Spirit says turn, we're going to pivot and we'll go a different direction. But can you imagine being a part of that? Like, are we on a wild goose chase? Uh, The Celtics, um, in in Celtic Christianity, instead of calling the Holy Spirit a dove, they use the image of a goose because it feels like when you follow the Holy Spirit, you're on a wild goose chase, (laughs) you know. Um, Is he sure he knows what he's doing? Is Paul hearing God's voice correctly in this? Because we keep going to different places. Maybe you're in this situation too. Maybe you feel like God is leading you to places only to tell you, no, not here. Maybe you're asking questions like, why are you doing this, God? Or, am I really doing this right? Maybe you have a pretty clear vision of where God is taking you, but how you're going to get there seems uncertain. You're confident in the end goal, but the pathway just doesn't seem clear. In this passage, you can conclude that Paul was in constant communication with God, that there was this conversation happening because he shows up to a city and it's like no not here (laughs) he shows up to another city and it's like no not here and now this is just speculation but I wonder if that line of communication would have been disrupted if God would have just told him to go to Macedonia if he would have actually still heard the voice of God clearly There's been so many times in my own life where when I have a specific mandate or direction from the Lord, when I know the plan, when things are certain, I get fixated on the end goal. And then my communion, my conversation with the Lord goes to the back burner. See, when we know the plan, oftentimes we forget God. But God wants to talk to you. He wants to commune with you. He loves the process, the back and forth. God is speaking to you even now. The question is, are we willing to listen? Perhaps, simply God was just inviting Paul into a practice of listening. God is a God who speaks. But how does he speak? The Bible shows us that God speaks all the time, and then it's our job to listen. Listen to this verse in Deuteronomy 4, verse 12. It says, The Lord spoke to you out of the fire, You heard the sound of words but saw no form. There was only a voice. See, God is invisible and though he manifests himself in visible forms from time to time, the most consistent form of him revealing himself to his people is through voice or word in one way or another. Psalm 40 verse 6 says, My ears you have opened. The Hebrew word literally here means my my ears you have dug. So it's like, In a beautiful image, God takes a shovel to our heads and digs out our ears. The metaphor says two things. First, hearing is a gift. It's a work from the Lord in a world that has fallen and that has stepped into a natural, like, unspiritual, disconnected from the Lord way of living because we have chose to go our own way instead of following in God's way. And because of that, in that world, we need the Lord to come in and dig our ears out again. And second, we have hard heads. God didn't scoop out our ears like ice cream. <laughs> it's almost as if he had to take a pickaxe and almost drill out our ear holes or a stick of dynamite that jolted our eardrums out of their stupor. Isaiah 50 verse 4 says, Morning by morning he awakens, awakens my ear to listen as those who are taught. So God issues a wake-up call to us every morning, dragging us out of bed by our ears and opening them so that we can learn to discern his call. Jesus even talks about listening to God. He says in John 5 verse 30, I can do nothing on my own. As I hear, I judge Right? I make judgment, and that judgment is just because I seek not my own will, but the will of him who sent me. So if I was Jesus, I would have said, listen, I'm God, and everything I do is just. But Jesus chooses to submit himself to the Father's voice and follow whatever he says to do. God is a God who speaks. But how does he speak? The Bible shows us that God speaks in so many different ways. Words spoken from heaven, words written on tablets, preaching and prophetic words. Have you ever been in one of those moments where you're listening to a preacher and it's almost as if God is speaking directly to you in that moment? Answered prayer, visual demonstrations, counsels, consensus, thoughts. Sometimes a thought will just come into our head. Dreams, visions, symbols, words from others. People can encourage you or speak life into you and oftentimes it's actually the voice of God speaking through them. Signs and creation, angels, music, and song, spiritual gifts, the breaking of bread, the immersion, baptism. Sometimes the Lord will speak to you clearly in the midst of the process of baptism. Common sense, the conviction of sin when you know you're doing something that's wrong and He begins to let you know, hey, like, something's off here. Impressions on the conscience, you know, just that feeling. Through the scriptures themselves and of course last but not least a chatty donkey. (laughs) And if you haven't heard that story God literally opens the mouth of a donkey (laughs) so that you can or so that Balaam can actually hear God's voice. Some argue that yes God spoke back then to people in those ways and that now like um, we have the scriptures so there's no need for that kind of revelation anymore. We, we have all that we need in the Bible. And that just seems ridiculous to me. Listen to me, I'm not lowering the value of Scripture. God is the authority and He's given us our, our, the Bible so that we can learn from Him, commune with Him, and encounter Him in these ways. Though the Scriptures, yes, or through the Scriptures, yes, we hear God's voice, but saying that God no longer speaks to us in all of these different ways is like saying, hey, Meredith, um, We've had a great run for three and a half years. I know we're having a baby right now, but just listen. We're, uh, I'm going to leave, and, uh, but don't worry. I've given you a leather-bound book, and I've inscribed your name on it so it's personalized. And we're never going to talk again, but um, don't worry. Read this book, and you'll have all that you need. And uh, Oh, and by the way, I want you to have the same kind of intimate relationship with me, uh, even though we'll never talk again. See? you see how absurd that sounds? <laughs> Like, Jesus is passionate for his bride. He loves you. He wants to talk to you. And he is speaking to us all the time. Now, I think it's safe to say that most of us won't hear the voice of God audibly in our lives. It happens, but it's extremely rare. But the Lord will resound so deeply within our souls that it's almost as if he's talking to us directly. So probably the most common question asked about this subject is, Why can't I hear God's voice? Have you ever heard that or said that even? But I wonder whether the real question is, why won't I hear God's voice? If God is in the business of communicating to his people, why do I still struggle to listen or hear from him? In the book of Revelation, verse, or chapter 3, verse 20, Jesus says, Listen, I'm standing at the door knocking. If you hear my voice, open the door and I will come to you. So it looks like the true listeners are the ones that open the door to Jesus and let him come in and they listen to him. But if we're honest with ourselves, many times we keep the doors closed. Or maybe even we don't even hear him speaking on the other side. I've noticed a handful of barriers in, in my life to God's voice. And, and so I just want to list off a few that have come up from time to time. One, noise. We live in a culture where there is so much noise. We've got social media We've got differences of political opinions. We've got um, the culture that is speaking to us, trying to pull for our attention, vying for our time. We go into workplaces with different noise and different opinions and different ideologies. We drive down the freeway and there's voices and noises that we see through advertisement. There's noise all around us in so many different ways. And oftentimes the voice of God just becomes one of many. And so we don't end up hearing God's voice. One, noise. Two, complacency. Sometimes we just don't want to hear. We're like, I'm okay without it. Things are going well. Or, you know, triviality. Uh, whoa, 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 whoa. It, that's great, but you're being way too spiritual and serious right now. <laughs> like, uh, so the triviality can come in. Three, or Four, fear. See, to affirm that God speaks and that it's not just our own imagination <laughs> means that He could say whatever He wants and we have no control over it. What if he says what we don't want him to say? That's terrifying, isn't it? And what if he asks us to change? We really don't like change, do we? We live fragmented lives. Here's another one. Sometimes we compartmentalize. Like God speaks to us in church or he speaks to us in moments like this, but not in my everyday ordinary life when I'm brushing my teeth or when I'm having a conversation with a coworker in the office. We compartmentalize. We fragment our lives. But he wants to speak to us all the time. Sometimes we don't read the scriptures. If we actually want to hear God's voice, we need to understand his tone. And his tone is found in the word of God. John 1. In the beginning was the word, and the word was, was God, and the word was with God. And then you continue reading in that, and it says that the word is Jesus. See, Jesus... or. Er, God's tone of voice is demonstrated in Jesus. And the way that we encounter Jesus is through understanding his tone of voice in his word. Sometimes we have a distorted view of God. We think that God is the cosmic gumball machine where we plug in the quarter and then we receive from him whenever we ask. Or sometimes he's the angry God in the sky that created everything and stepped away just to let chaos occur. Or sometimes he's the cosmic angry father that um, displayed cosmic child abuse by sending his son to die on a cross. And that just doesn't seem logical. Why would any loving father do that to his son? But you have to remember that that's, that's modalism. That's almost pulling away the reality of the Trinity. That Christ and the Father, the Father and the Son, are still one in unity. So God did not just cosmically send his son to death. He actually sent himself. He sacrificed Himself for you. And the way that we understand His love is through reading the Scriptures. Sometimes our distorted view of God can hinder us from actually seeing or listening or hearing God's voice. Disobedience and sin. Sometimes He says, do something, and it takes months for us to actually do it. And in that process, sometimes He just won't talk to you. (laughs) He won't communicate. He's like waiting for you to obey. Or sometimes when we've missed the mark, And you feel that conviction, um, but you're being negligent. It keeps us from hearing the voice of God. And last, sometimes we don't ask. We want to hear God, but we simply don't ask him. Would you speak to me? Which one of these do you see in your own life? Now, this isn't an extensive list, but I just wanted to give you an idea so that you could start thinking around this. We'll probably experience a mixture of these in our life. God is a God who speaks. Have you postured your life to listen to what he's saying? Are you breaking down the barriers? Are you opening up the doors? So if we think we're hearing God speak to us, how do we discern that? How do we know whether God is actually speaking to us? One, harmony with scripture. We've talked about this. If it does not coincide with scripture, it's not God's voice. Period. It has to be in harmony with Scripture too, in confirmation with community. We, we get locked into a community where we can share, okay, hey, I think God is telling me this, what do you guys think? And this community that's devoted to the Bible can help you navigate those things, and they might even figure out, oh my gosh, like I remember something in Scripture that you don't, and and like. This might help in, what, in discerning what God is trying to say to you. There's a confirmation that starts to happen when we're in community to discerning God's voice. And then last, pause for reflection. This is important. Sometimes when you've heard or you think you hear God speaking to you in certain ways, then you end up going through this like season of wait and urgency because oftentimes when it's the voice of God or when you think God is giving you direction for something, it feels urgent and needs to happen right now. But if you remember when we talked about tone, the tone of God's voice is Jesus. And Jesus was unhurried. He was patient. So sometimes when God begins to communicate to us, we need to remember to pause for reflection because as we patiently wait to understand, some, oftentimes the answers begin to surface to the top. So one, harmony with Scripture. Two, confirmation with community. And three, a pause for reflection. I said this question at the beginning, but let me say it again. If you've heard His voice, what are you going to do about it? There's this moment in John 10 where Jesus says, "I'm the good shepherd, and my sheep hear my voice. I know them, and they follow me." It's this picture of sheep and Jesus is the shepherd, and he's lovingly caring and and watching out for his sheep, protecting them. And Jesus explains that because of his intimacy with his sheep, two things happen. They hear his voice, and they follow him. They listen, And they obey. The words listen and obey have the same root in Latin, so the word obey would not actually even exist if it wasn't for the word listen. The word we translate into English as obedience literally means a listening from below. Obedience is a deep listening, a listening of the whole person, a listening with your ears and with your heart and with your arms and with your legs. Karl Barth, an older theologian that's now passed, wrote an amazing, um, an amazing work on the, almost every doctrine. Um, Karl Barth said, the best way to test the authenticity of a communication from God is to act on it and see what happens. Remember the question at the beginning, what are you hearing God say to you? Jesus is speaking to us all the time. He longs to speak with you. He wants to communicate with you. He's given you his word. He's given you a community devoted to him to discern his voice. What have you heard God say to you? That's good. It's profound, even. But now it's time to listen with your feet. Now, this topic is for everyone. No matter where you are in your, follow- or your life of following Jesus, whether you're just getting started or you're still trying to figure it out or you've been following Jesus for a long time, this practice of listening is for you. Hearing and doing. Listening, hearing, and doing. You don't have to be a super Christian to be able to do this. God speaks to ordinary people like you and me. If God would have given me one message that I could preach over and over again for the rest of my life, it would be this, teaching people how to, um, h- how to hear God's voice and then obey it, how to hear and do. Maybe you're like, I don't know if I've heard him. Well, what barriers do you need to get out of the way? What barriers do do you need to remove? Noise, fear, complacency, fragmentation. Are you reading? Are you praying? When you've done that, ask for him to speak. And then spend time listening. Or rather, ask for him to speak and spend time waiting. When we typically think of that word waiting in our culture... We uh, get this idea of sitting passively and twiddling our thumbs. But I I have an image in our culture that I think is actually going to work better for us to explain this. When you go to a restaurant, who comes to your table? A a waiter, a server, right? And what are they doing? (laughs) Yeah, that's right. (laughs) They're serving you. They're waiting on you. Hey, do you need anything? What can I get for you? Can I bring you more chips and salsa? Yes, you can always bring more chips and salsa. It's, it's this, amen. It's this waiting for versus waiting on, right? Wait on God. Be open to hearing from Him. Get on your knees in prayer. Learn to sit in His presence. Get into community. Pay attention to your life. He doesn't want to just speak to you in the little moments in church. He wants to speak to you in every single moment in your life. Pay attention. Get into the Scriptures. Actually do the things that Jesus tells us to do and the things that He actually did Himself. Be obedient to Him. Do not wait for God to speak. Wait on God to speak. God is a God who speaks. Are you listening? If you've heard his voice, what are you going to do about it? Let's pray.